seems like I say this all the time, but the understatement of the year is it's been quite a year. And so you go through so much time, you try to get refocused on where we're supposed to be. 2020 has been a long year indeed. From COVID to politics to social unrest. And as many people are reassessing their priorities in life, we all must choose how we will proceed. Thus, I believe it's a good time for a message today that's called to be continued. Now, this is not a two-part message. This title does not refer just to this sermon, but rather to our life of daily discipline. Our walk with God is one that should be continued moment after moment after moment. Our walk is to be continued. However, the truth of the matter is that too often we drop the ball of prayer. Or we drop the ball of staying in His Word. And we lose our focus. And then we must rely on some sort of motivation to get us fired up to begin again. We act too much like the world, waiting for another pep talk of a sermon to get us fired up. What would a big game be without a pep talk after all? Whether it's the Super Bowl or the World Series or the World Cup, the passion to play and the motivation to start are often forged when a coach or a fellow player lights a fire under the team to ignite them. Well, the Israelites were no different. As was the case with Nehemiah. Now, we just finished our series on the Ten Commandments. I hope you enjoyed that. So we're going to move on to some other places in the Bible that God would lead us to study. Now, I want to share a part of Scripture, um, which I think has a lot of parallels to today. It's about Nehemiah. As uh, he encouraged his fellow Jews to bring their pity parties to an end. And... uh, start to rebuild the walls of their city so they could get back to following God's will for their lives. I think we find ourselves in a similar place having finished a pretty rough election season. And so much this focus is on that and whether it's right or wrong or whether it's fair or unfair. And yet God wants us to put us our focus on Him. And so we need to get our focus set. So I'm going to begin in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 2, verse 18. It says, And I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me, and also of the king's words that he had spoken to me. So they said, Let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to this good work. You see, they had succumbed to many enemies, not only the physical enemies that destroyed their city to begin with, but they had since given in to the enemies within themselves, and if we're not careful, then we give in to those as well the same ones that attack us. Despair. Laziness. Confusion. Complaining. See, Nehemiah needed more than a basic run-of-the-mill pep talk. He had to remind them that God was on their side and that His favor was upon those who return and put their trust in Him. Verse 19, But when Sanballat the Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite official, and Geshem the Arab heard of it, they laughed at us and despised us and said, What is this thing that you are doing? Would you rebel against the king? 
You see, there were also enemies from the outside of themselves that tried to prevent them from continuing. The first enemy they faced was mockery. You know, that same enemy that attacks us. People mocking you because of your faith. People mocking you because of what you believe in. People mocking us because of where we choose to put our focus. But we can't listen to the mockery. We need to choose to listen to God. Nehemiah 2, verse 20. So I answered them and said to them, The God of heaven Himself will prosper us. Therefore we, His servants, will arise and build. But you have no heritage or right or memorial in Jerusalem. You see, rather than arguing with them, rather than getting into another debate, Nehemiah affirms God's sovereignty, stating that these these leaders no longer have any civic, legal, or religious rights in Jerusalem. When you begin a work of God, including His work of turning your life around and following Jesus, or following the call of God, at some point you too will be mocked. When this happens... You have a choice. We all have a choice to listen to the mockers and change our movements because of what they're saying against us or to listen to God. It's a place that I believe the church is in right now. Are you going to put all your focus on what's going on in the media or are you going to choose to follow God? Like Nehemiah, we too must place our focus on God, on His authority and His sovereignty. The way that we do this is by being more offensive-minded than defensive-minded. If you're defensive-minded, you get offended very easily. If you're offensive-minded, it doesn't matter what's going on, you're going to continue to pursue God. It means we set our minds more on the power and the calling of God than on the disparaging attacks of the enemy which attempt to incite fear and confusion and doubt. We can rebuke the enemy of mockery by standing on the promises of God. One of the great promises is Romans 8.37. We are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. We don't conquer because of our own strength or our logic or our talents. We conquer because of Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross. The power to conquer does not come from focusing on anger and revenge but rather it comes from understanding God's love. Because perfect love not only casts out fear, but it brings us closer to Him. And where there is unity, there are no gaps, which equates to us fully trusting God. When we ask God for a renewed focus of faith and perseverance, we are continually hit with the mockery of the enemy and others. And so therefore we call on God's authority. It is at this moment where we must stand on God's Word and command the fear and the doubt and the despair to go in Jesus' name because it has no authority in our mind and soul. Now, we're going to get attacked again and again, but when that happens, we need to command it to go. It doesn't have any right. You've heard me say many times in prayer that He is the name above all names. His name is above fear. His name is above confusion. His name is above doubt. All the things that the media is trying to feed us, we need to stand on the Word of God. Understanding that God's authority is greater than anything else is the key to conquering the enemy. And as we continue to stand on His sovereignty, we stay close to God. What is sovereignty? Sovereignty means that God is on the throne. That even though the things of this world may startle us, nothing surprises God. 
No matter what happens down here, He is still on the throne and He is still in control. He is sovereign and therefore we trust Him. We choose to not allow anything to disrupt our unity with Him. Well, Nehemiah and his fellow Jews stood on the sovereignty and the authority of God and continued to rebuild the walls and the gates around Jerusalem. But even though the mocking may be silenced for a while, like most devices of the enemy, it pokes its head up again, trying to intimidate us whenever it can. Nehemiah and his people were no strangers to the intermittent attacks of mockery. As with Nehemiah, even after they built a good portion of the wall, the mocking insults not only continued, but began to be ramped up. Nehemiah 4, verse 1. But it so happened when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. Verse 2. And he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish, stones that are burned? Notice that the two recipients of this speech and how they responded. When Sanballat spoke before his brethren, it resonated with them because of their sinful hearts, which had given place to the devil. Therefore they rose up to mock even more and to try to destroy. Nehemiah 4 verse 3. Now Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him and he said, Whatever they build, if even a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. Can you hear people in the world talking like that about your faith and your God? Because they are. They mock us. Why are you putting your trust in a God? We can't allow that to direct us or even to it to change us. We need to continue to stand on the Word of God and His authority. As the mocking spreads with Nehemiah, another chimes in, but notice how Nehemiah responds. Because he had taken the time to mourn and repent before this great work, he had kicked the devil out. And he had not given a place for him in his heart. So he wasn't led by revenge or anger. He was led by his passion to pursue God. Too many people in the church today are trying to build up on that anger and revenge instead of choosing to, to, to follow God. God needs to get our focus on Him. That's how we prepare ourselves for the Advent season. To put our focus on God and God alone. Nehemiah didn't argue with his enemies or try to justify his position. He just gave it all over to God. Nehemiah 4 verse 4 he says, Hear, O our God, for we are despised. Turn their reproach on their own heads and give them as plunder to a land of captivity. You see, if you find yourself arguing with your accuser, then it's time to clear out your own heart so you can focus on God and give it all over to Him. God will take care of them. We need to take care of our hearts pursuing God. Nehemiah 4, verse 5. Do not cover their iniquity. And do not let their sin be blotted out from before you, for they, they have provoked you to anger before the builders. Listen, mockery should provoke God to anger. It should provoke us to God, to turn to God. Does it? Unfortunately, we too often are the ones who are provoked to anger. Then we think that we should respond with criticism and negativity 
and complaining. And when we use all of our energy to attack others instead of using our energy to pursue God, we lose our focus and our faith gets derailed. We need to take a lesson from Nehemiah. It's time to get back on the track and pursue God. Yes, 2020 has been a horrible year in many regards. It has derailed a lot of people. And yet God has allowed it. Why? Because He's hoping that once we get off track, we will pursue Him even more. That He will get our focus and our attention and our worship and desire that we must rely and depend on Him. Rather than responding to them, Nehemiah turned to God. For it is He who fights for us. We must not lose our focus. That is the problem with too many people today. They have a goal in mind, but they lose their focus when challenges arise. I don't know if you follow sports. I know it's football season. Basketball season has begun. Um, but another sport that's is very popular around the world is World Cup soccer. Um, and one uh, bizarre thing that's become increasingly more popular in the last several years in soccer is something known as flopping. You ever heard of this? It's where someone barely bumps into another person and the other person dramatically jumps back as if they've been hit by a truck, hoping to get a, a, a foul or a penalty called on the other person. They're hoping the referee will witness their amazing acting skills and, 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 and throw a penalty. But the referees have started to turn the tables and they actually start, start to call foul on these flopping because it's intentional. What's it have to do with us? I believe that too many Christians are flopping and calling foul instead of expecting resistance, charging towards the goal and finishing strong. We get so bent out of shape or so offended if something happens, and yet people around the world, people who are following God, missionaries around the world, expect resistance. But they also expect to know that their God is bigger than anything the world can throw at them. We need to start acting like that in America. We need to expect resistance. We need to expect persecution. We need to expect mockery and not be upset and cry foul and flop and say, that's no fair. Guess what? Life's not fair. But our God is bigger than anything the world can throw at us. Amen? Amen. Matthew 5, verse 11. This is truth from the Gospel, from Jesus. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Verse 12, listen to this. Rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now listen, Jesus does not say, when you get persecuted and criticized and they speak evil, he doesn't say, flop and cry foul. He says, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. If you're honest, how have you been responding under challenges and persecution and mockery? If we complain here in order to get pity or compassion from others, then we have received our reward in full here on this earth. But if we learn to turn to God 
and rejoice because He is sovereign and in control, then great is our reward in heaven. That's the bank account that we're worried about, right? The one that's in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, where the thief does not break into steel. When we expect it and rejoice that God has counted us worthy, that's what the disciples, they said they would rejoice because God had counted them worthy to suffer for Him. Like Nehemiah, we can ask God to take out our enemies. But if He doesn't do it right away, we must continue forward and continue what God has called us to do. Too many people get stuck at this point. They stand on the Word of God and then they just wait. Now, there are times when the wisdom of God tells us to do nothing but stand. However, we have other responsibilities most of the time. We should not confuse standing on the Word of God with standing still and waiting for God to move. Standing on the Word of God means that we refuse to give any ground to the enemy, but it does not mean that we are paralyzed. God gives us the faith to keep on moving. That is why so many times in the Bible He tells us to go. Joshua 1, verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Verse 9 in our memory verse of today. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. In these two verses, God clearly tells Joshua and us to stand on His Word and to go. Nehemiah 4, verse 6. So we built the wall and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. Verse 7, Now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored, and the gaps were beginning to close, and that they became very angry. I can tell you what, after we've been through this election cycle and all this stuff, the enemy has seen the gaps. He's seen where people have complained. They've seen where they've lost their focus. And that's right there where the enemy is trying to come in. As a church, as the body of Christ around the world, we need to come together and fill those gaps. You know how we do that? By loving other people. By forgiving people. By coming together and working with people, by extending the same grace that was offered to us to others. Regardless of what they did. We stand on the Word of God and we let His love show through us. And when we do, it, it fills in those gaps so the enemy can't get in. When people come into unity and the gaps are closed, it always upsets the enemy because as he loses his way into us. Therefore, we should expect the attack to intensify. Nehemiah 4, verse 8. And all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. Confusion is another attack that often follows when we push past the mocking. Confusion causes us to doubt our path, our direction, or our timing. This is another place where many Christians fall short and miss the mark. 
They start out strong and determined, but somehow near the finish line, they get confused and begin to sink. Which is why we must continue talking to God and preventing any gaps. I think it's an incredible blessing the amount of people that continue to come to church here during these times. And I know not everyone can, and I thank you those who are listening at home and praying at home, but it's such a determination that no matter what's going on, you're continuing to press into God. And so for me, myself, I say thank you to every one of you for this church, for this area. Well, when confusion came, Nehemiah pushed through and continued talking with God. Nehemiah 4, verse 9. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God. And because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. You see, they prayed and they talked with God. And they set a watch. Nehemiah and his people had to continue building to defeat the enemy. They stood on the promises of God. You know, Jesus had a pivotal moment as well when He pushed through. Do you remember this in Matthew 26? And Jesus said to them in the Garden of Gethsemane, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. Not only would Jesus be beaten and killed, but He would be mocked and taunted and spit at and humiliated by crowds of people the entire time. Verse 39, Jesus went a little further and fell on His face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from Me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as You will. You see, His very soul was crying out and asked God to stop it and let this cup pass from Him if it was possible. It's not a sin to be honest with how you're feeling. Those are temptations, but we still need to choose to press into God. Yes, the church has been beaten down. Yes, our country and the world has been beaten down. It's not a sin to admit that we're tired. But we need to choose to press in to God. To put our focus on God. Jesus could have chosen to stay right there where He was and just stand on the promise of God. But victory could not and would not be secured in the garden. If He would have stayed and just stood on a promise, then death would have defeated Him in the garden before making it to the cross. God's victory in your life does not get secured very often in the gardens of life. You don't build muscles by lifting up feathers. You get stronger through resistance. Likewise, we too must trust God through our challenges to build up our faith to continue. How will you let 2020 define you? Will you say it was just this awful year? Or will you, will you say it was a time of challenge that got me to refocus on my God and the power of my God and His sovereignty and His authority? And yes, it was hard and yes, it was difficult, but I pressed in even greater and now I'm closer to God than I ever have been before. I believe that's what God is calling all of us right now to do. Understanding God's will is paramount to understanding how to stand on His Word and to continue to go forward in His power and His wisdom and His favor. Jesus had to go forward to defeat death. We too must learn from the nevertheless moments in our lives. 
Nehemiah pushed through this at his, at his nevertheless moment. Nehemiah 4 verse 9. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God. And because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. Nehemiah understood the importance of standing and pushing through. Regardless of how much this world comes at you. Yes, 2020 has been, been difficult. Yes, I've had this attack. Yes, this is going on. Nevertheless, I choose to pursue my God. Amen? Deuteronomy 7, verse 21. You shall not be terrified of, of them. I believe these words are very prophetic today as well. For the Lord your God, the great and awesome God, is among you. Verse 22. A lot of truth in this verse. Listen. And the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you little by little. You will be unable to destroy them at once, lest the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. Have you ever thought, God, why are you taking so long? Why are you taking so long to come against my strongholds and the things attacking me? And God says, I will do it little by little. There's a reason why God does not remove all of our obstacles at once. If He did, we would not learn how to overcome by trusting our Lord. We would take for granted all that He has done. Perseverance would be eliminated from our vocabulary. And we would gain no battle-birthing faith in the process. So out of God's infinite wisdom and incredible love for each of us, He takes down little by little as He builds us up in faith, continuing to rely on Him for our daily bread that we pray all the time. God, give me my daily bread to depend on you each and more, each and every day. Listen, a lieutenant does not say, let's win this battle. He says, let's take that hill. We take it one hill at a time. And we do so by focusing our attention on God, standing on His Word, and going forward together. Locking our arms and going forward as a family of God and the body of Christ. No matter what valley we are facing, God is there. Psalm 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. No matter what valley you are going through, you are not alone. In the valley of grief, God is there. In the valley of confusion, He is there. In the valley of financial struggles, He is firmly there. In the valley of sickness, the valley of inadequacy, the valley of despair, God is there again and again. Amen? His rod and His staff, His Word and His Spirit, they comfort us. God is with us during every attack. So we must continue to follow Him through the valleys of life. God gives us more than a pep talk. He gives us a charge to press on towards Him. This is what we learn from Nehemiah. As he and his people built the wall around Jerusalem and the temple. Even so, as we build up defenses around the temple of our hearts, we too must stand and press on. Nehemiah 4, verse 17. Those who built the wall and those who carried burdens, 
loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction and with the other hand they held a weapon. Like the Israelites, we live out our faith as well. We have our weapon, the Word of God and the sword of the Spirit, and we move forward and take ground for the kingdom. How do we do that? By loving one another, by giving to those in need right now, by helping out where we can, by meeting practical needs. Nehemiah 4, verse 18. Every one of the builders had his sword girded at his side as he built. And the one who sounded the trumpet was beside me. Let me ask you, as you go forward, is your sword girded at your side? Is it close? Is it in close access to you? Ready to use at a moment's notice? Do you know battle-ready scriptures when you are being attacked or mocked? Let me share some quick ones with you right now. Isaiah 54:17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. That's the truth. Romans 8:37. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. 1 Corinthians 2:16. We have the mind of Christ. Listen, the mind of Christ does not let fear rent space in our mind. It doesn't let confusion rent space in our mind. We stand on His Word. Even if we don't believe it, we keep standing on His Word and speaking it to our spirit, and eventually our spirit will get hold of that truth and we'll continue to go forward. We're not always going to believe what we say, but if we stay close to God and pray, God is going to change our spirit so we can continue to go. Revelations 12.11 And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the Word of their testimony. Is your sword girded at your side? Is prayer on the tip of your tongue at all times? Or does it have to get all dressed up before you can use it? God is calling us to be ready. Nehemiah 4.20 Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. That is our call to us right now. When you hear the sound of the roar of people worshiping God and calling out to God in prayer and the move of the Spirit, there's a rally point that God is calling the body of Christ right now to rally to Him. So God can fight for us. God can avenge the enemies. Our job is to pursue Him and come together as the body of Christ to go forward in this world. Are you ready to respond to the call of the body of Christ? It's rally time. It's time for us to come together as the body of Christ, to stand in the gap for one another, to step across denominational lines, to pray for the persecuted, to intercede for the missionaries, to rally together so that our God will fight for us. Amen? Heavenly Father, You hear our hearts cry. God, we, we repent right now for getting off focus for spending time in negativity and complaining and doubt and fear. Forgive us, God, as we choose to pursue You now, to use that anger, that passion, to pursue You. We'll let You take care of the world, God, but we're going to choose to stand on Your Word and go forward in love and grace and forgiveness. Help us to love our fellow brother and sister. Cause us to pray for our children in this generation. Help us to be mindful of those who need us and need prayers to intercede for them. 
And for those who are attacked by doubt and grief during these times and fear, God, we stand together for them, arm in arm, locked together for You. God, we choose to stand on Your Word and to go forward in the power and love of Your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.